Amen. Awesome job, Seth, leading us to the throne. We're going to, um, he's going to come back up here in just a little bit, and uh, we're going to end with worship tonight uh, as we respond. But before we do that, we've got to finish where we left off this morning. I just want to tell you, thank you for your kind words um, as the day has went on um, about the Lord speaking to you this morning. I pray that he would continue um, that. We know he will because the word says that he is faithful to finish the good work in which he has started within us. So we'll believe um, on that tonight. So let me bring us up to speed in a little 12, 13 second recap. Um, God has spoken to Ezekiel in a dream. In the dream, he's been placed into a valley of dry bones, dead bones. And the Lord has spoken to Ezekiel, told him exactly what to say and how to say it to call these bones back to life. All right? So that's where we got to this morning. Um, I told you a couple of things that, that the foundation of revival must be God's word. That when we want results in our life, we don't turn to feel good or self-help type things, we turn to the Word of God. It is all-sustaining, it is all-powerful, and it is all-sufficient, and it is good all the time. So God's Word is the foundation for revival. Now as we move into tonight's ending part of this incredible chapter, and it keeps going, but we won't pick it back up tomorrow. Well, we might, but um, I don't think we're going to. As we end tonight, we'll see... Um, God's plan began to unfold. So if you'll pick up with me in verse 7, uh, tonight it says this. So Ezekiel in this dream has heard from God, part 1, and now we move into part 2. Church, i got to tell you, if, if all that happens this week is part 1, we missed it. We missed it. God's word is always a call to action in some area of our life. It's either a call to gratitude, it's a call to forgiveness, it's a call to repentance, it's a call to grace, it's a call to something. So uh, Elijah, I like him, but we're not talking about him. Ezekiel has heard from God, in verse 7 he said this, so I prophesied as I was commanded. So in a big theological phrase, I'm going to tell you what that means. He did what God told him to do. The problem we run into more times than not is this. We hear from God. We read his word. We know what he's telling us to do. We just don't ever do it. We said and we wait because I believe this. We've been deceived to believe that somebody else will do it. But Ezekiel showed us that incredible things happen when we do what we were commanded to do. Now, God's not commanding us to necessarily prophesy to dead bones, but He is and He has commanded His church to go into all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit after making them disciples and then teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded the church to do. The Great Commission, it's not the great option. It's the Great Commission. 
what He commissioned the church to do. Our existence is to go and to find people that are dry and barren and busted and broken and far from God and show them and teach them and model the gospel in front of them, making them disciples, baptizing them into a local body or baptizing them in a public setting so that they can identify themselves as a son of God and then teach them how to walk out the commandments of God's word. So if you ever have wondered, I don't know what God's called me to do, I would say the Great Commission's a great place to start. It works every time. We can always go back to doing that and be just fine. So as, as Ezekiel prophesied as he was commanded to do, if Ezekiel had any doubts, y'all, now I know moving into revival and moving into the next three nights and maybe even for you, God has begun to speak to you this morning and maybe for the 21 days leading up to this as you've been praying and God has begun to reveal areas of your life and, and now you're faced with that uncomfortable thing, right? For some of you, let's be honest, maybe lunch was a little awkward for you because you were maybe face to face with the thing that God is calling you to work on and you didn't know what to say or maybe you went home and you're, you faced your kids for the first time in a while and, and there was that awkward tension inside of you. I'm telling you this, when God begins to speak to us, it demands a response. And guess who's responsible for how we respond to God? Us. So Ezekiel, if he had any doubts, he put them by the side. And he trusted God at his word. And he obeyed exactly what God called him to do. So he said, I prophesied just as I was commanded to do. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together. The bones came together. They began to, to work all things um, out for, for their good and they began to take shape. And there was a noise. I told Pastor Johnny that, that, that my heart for, for this revival and this week is for you guys to realize that revival comes with a sound. It comes with a sound. And, and I believe that this community of Watson, Louisiana, even in the Denham Springs, they should hear Live Oak Baptist Church before they ever see them. They should hear them coming. Because revival carries with it a sound. It makes noise. Revival is loud. Things that come back together, uh, that, that they're, they're loud. If you've ever uh, just began to work on something and build something that maybe was broken, if, if you're like me at my house, we've got 88% of all the toys in our home need batteries. I, I want to go back to the wooden toy model at my house. Like back in the day, the old toys that would tick forever because there was no batteries, right? Like I still have toys that were like my uncle's toys when they were little boys. And guess what? My kids still like to play with them. But if you bring broken things to me, there's a good chance it's either one, going in the trash, or it's going to the shop to become a good intention. And it will sit there and never fulfill its recreated purpose. That's just me. 
But I've seen people that like to build stuff and they put stuff back together. And as I was, I was thinking about this, this tonight, I thought about a construction zone. And I thought about all the different sounds and noises that come with a construction zone. But here's the deal. One thing we could all relate to is this. When we drive by a construction zone and we hear the sounds of construction, we all agree with this. Work is being done. Now, the only time the church should be silent is if work is not being done. Now, if you're dead and dry and you want to stay that way, your life probably won't be very noisy. But if you're like me and you have those areas of your life that you're surrendering over to God, then your life is going to become a little bit more noisy than it was before this week started. Why? Because there's work going on. It's beginning to take shape. These bones became, they started coming together and they assembled themselves into skeletons. Now, you have to understand, if you're thinking about this from a logical perspective, you would say that they weren't just randomly coming together. They were coming together with a purpose. It wasn't just like a hodgepodge of bones sticking together and limbs where limbs aren't supposed to be and feet where ears are. That's not how this happened. We understand that these bones began to take shape and they began to mold themselves into a created calling. I'll tell you this, every person in here has a life that the Holy Spirit of God is trying to make it take shape and bring it back together in order, bone and bone, the way it's supposed to be. There was a rattling. Last time I preached this uh, It's been a little while, I I just kind of was taken back about what this would have sounded like. If it was just one set of bones coming back together, it might not have been very loud. Probably could have heard something, but probably wouldn't have got your attention. But imagine with me for a second, the overwhelming sound of a valley full of bones beginning to rattle together. In synchronized motion, underneath the Spirit of God, fully submitted to His command and His control. And can't you imagine it carried with it a little bit of rhythm? You see, that's a picture of how the church is supposed to function. The church is supposed to function in unison with one another underneath the covering of the Holy Spirit as He begins to bring us all together. And when those bones started shaking, this rattling began to take place. And we must understand that if anybody around this valley, we don't know who all was there. Ezekiel could have been all by himself. But can't you imagine if you were anywhere in the region of this valley and you heard all of these bones begin to come together and this sound begin to take place, you would know that something supernatural was taking place. Why? Because there was probably a day in your life where you would have walked by that valley and you looked over the edge into this valley of bones and you probably would have went, that is a hopeless valley. And then all of a sudden, the very thing that man deemed to be hopeless is the very thing that God chose to pour life into when everybody else counted it as dead and gone. So I want to encourage you before we go any further to not count yourself out just because the eyes of man would deem you to be dead and gone. He's got a plan and he's got a purpose. And if Ephesians 3.20 is still true, he's still able. 
This rattling began to take place and these noises began to go on. And we have to understand that the Spirit of God would, would, would begin to bless these bones as they began to come together. The great Charles Spurgeon says this, he said, I think that if we want the Spirit of God to pour His blessings upon us, we must first be on watch and notice everything that He is doing because every bone has a place and every bone has a purpose. Every bone has a place and every um, bone has a purpose. And then he goes on to say this. He says the bones begin to come together bone to bone. And indeed as I looked the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them. So these bones, imagine with me for a second, these bones begin to take shape in the form of a skeleton. If you can imagine the, the head and the spinal column and, and then the chest cavity and the arms and these bones, they're laying there. And then it said the sinews, that's, that's a word that simply means muscle tissue and tendons and ligaments. If you've ever um, skinned a deer, you've been able to see all these layers of life that take place in order to make this hull work. And these bones are there and then skin comes and then there's muscle fiber and muscle tissues. And then it looks like there's a body that is forming, but there's a problem. There's a problem just like we talked about this morning. The skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. There was no breath. And is it not a prophetic retelling of when God molded the very man that we know as Adam and then breathed the very supernatural breath from his nostrils into his lung and brought a body to life? You see, Ezekiel said, I, I see all of this coming together. I, I see it. it. It looks great. But there's a problem. There's no breath in there. There's been a stirring of the bones, an assembly of the bones. The tendons and muscles have been added. There's, there's even skin there, but there's a problem. They are awaiting the breath of God. All of this takes place and it shows us that this is the right order. That God has a purpose in what He is doing. He has created His His body, His church, His bride. And He has put it together limb and limb, tooth to tooth, arm and arm. And He has assembled it to look like Himself. But the only way we can look like the bride He has called us to if we would allow the breath from His nostrils to come into our lungs and give us life. Give us life. So he looks down and he said there was no breath in their lungs. There was nothing taking place. There was no, uh, there was no promise coming to life. And then verse 9 it said this, and he also said to me, he said again. So the cool thing about it is this, Elijah, we're not going to talk about Elijah tomorrow. Ezekiel was, was one, he was obedient, he did what God called him to do, but he didn't stop. He didn't stop short. You know, maybe we would fall into the trap church of seeing life begin to take place and then we would just go, oh, well, that's good. I see a little bit of life. Uh, my, my role here is done, right? Oh, well, they got saved. Everything's good now. Oh, we got their family to church. Everything's good now. No. We can't throw in the towel. We can't stop short. 
We've got to be willing to continue to hear from God and go the distance in doing what He is calling us to do. So Ezekiel said, and he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they may live. I will tell you, the coolest thing about this is it shows the heart of God. This statement shows that the desire of God is to breathe life on every set of bones. That is His plan and that is His purpose. That none should perish but that they may live. So Ezekiel said, so I prophesied as He commanded me. And breath came into their bones. He called the breath from the valley. He called the breath from the sky. He called the air to come into these slain bones so that they could live. Ezekiel had proclaimed God's word to the dry bones and he saw work take place, but it was not enough until the prophetic symbolism of the Holy Spirit of God breathed in and brought life to these dead bones. Y'all, I want to tell you, if you're trying to make it in this life, without depending on the Holy Spirit of God to lead and guide you, you're not going to make it very far. It's impossible. Now, I know sometimes in the Baptist church, we get kind of googly-eyed when the word Holy Spirit comes up. That's why I didn't say Holy Ghost, because I wanted to be able to walk out of here with a pulse. I know my context. But I'll tell you this. The Holy Spirit's nothing to be scared of. Nothing at all. In fact, it's only by the Holy Spirit can we live the life that Jesus came and modeled for us to live. That's what this breath is all about. Like, why are we talking about the breath so much? It's time for the church to open its lungs back again to the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time for people like me and Pastor Johnny to submit our agendas and submit our plans and submit what we want to do to the lordship of Jesus and to the authority of the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? Not our will, but yours be done. If we need to shut down shop next Sunday morning and go out and serve the community, if we need to do this, Holy Spirit, make us miserable until we pay attention. Because I'll tell you this, we're way better when he is calling the shots. So these winds came and the, 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 the Holy Spirit of God began to breathe into these bones and make these bones come to life. And we, we see some, some cool things. The prophet prophesied to the bones. This shows us that he was preaching, right? He was preaching the word. He was speaking the word. He was saying the word. And then he prophesied to the four winds. This could be symbolized in God's word that he's praying. He's depending. He's asking God to intervene. The preaching had its share of the work, but praying achieves a different result. And as they prophesied and they preached and they prayed and they preached and he prayed and he preached and he prayed, then life began to take place. So y'all never get tired of preaching and praying. Ezekiel preached and he prayed, he preached and he prayed, he preached and he prayed and he said, as I prophesied, just like he commanded me to do, breath came into them. Ezekiel's faithful proclamation of God's word showed itself to be true by the dry bones being completed, but the breath of God that came allowed these bones to stand up on their feet. 
Now, I know it's imagery, but can you imagine with me for a second what that would have looked like if God would have given us a glimpse of that? I want to tell you this. I've been a part of some awesome stuff. There is nothing sweeter than seeing people give their life to Jesus Christ. I mean, I've seen some cool stuff. There's nothing sweeter. Can you imagine if we were standing in this valley looking at all of this death and then all of a sudden after we preached and we prayed, we heard from God, we preached and we prayed and we served, we passed out water, we passed out cupcakes at the school, we worked concessions, we, we, we did this, we did that, and then all of a sudden the things that were dead began to stand up on their feet right before our eyes. Now, y'all, you've got to believe that the same Spirit of God that spoke in the valley is the same Spirit of God that can speak in Watson, Louisiana. It's the same Spirit of God that can speak in this church, and there's not a heap of bones that's too far gone that underneath His submission cannot stand back up on their feet. And He stood up on their feet, man. This is crazy. It seemed like there would be no hope in this, 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 this life, but this, this passage tells us that if dry bones can walk by the Spirit of God, men can be changed, homes can be restored, churches can become passionate again. We can be restored to our full intention if the Word is true, that there's hope for humanity. There's hope in this God thing. The churches don't have to die, and we don't have to depend on, on, on revivals all the time to bring us back to life. We can just hear the Word, pray the Word, preach the Word, and see lives changed. If there was ever a formula that would work, I'm here to tell you that's it. You preach the Word, and you pray the Word, and you let Him do everything else, and you'll see results. He goes on to say, this is beautiful right here stood up on their feet and an exceedingly great army then exceedingly great army the bones were not just brought together for a little powwow i always thought when i was reading this and i don't know because it doesn't really tell us i always saw when this take place it, i thought it would be awesome if these guys just rose up and they had like battle gear on right they looked like an army like they had everything they need to, to go to battle and just all of a sudden I just had this imagery in my head of this, this army rising up like we talked about this morning with everything that they need to do what God was calling them to do. And then as I grew in my faith and, and I began to get older, I realized that what I thought was imagery is not too far off because is it not First Timothy that says that, that, that the man of God should preach the word of God so that the people of God would realize that they are thoroughly furnished unto all good works that were prepared for them in advance to do. Does the word not say that? So yes, the army rose up with everything it needed to do or have to be um, effective for the kingdom of God. So maybe you're here tonight and you say, well, I'm not good at anything or I'm not, I'm not uh, anointed or I don't preach or I don't sing, but you do something. And if the word is true, the good thing that you were doing was created in advance for you to do. So it's not that the Lord is waiting to give you something. He's waiting on your obedience to unlock what he already gave you. This army raises up. 
this great army. Not just in word, not just in spirit, but they were assembled solid and whole with the spirit and in truth. I just feel that it's really time for an army to rise up. You know, there, there's just so much stuff. We were, I was talking last night to, to a gentleman, and, you know, we, I shared some statistics with our men last night. And, you know, there's just a lot of things in the church that are just aren't that much different than the things of the world anymore. There's just things that, that we used to would have never thought would have happened have now become the norm. And I believe this, that the Lord God in His sovereignty is bringing the battlefield to the church. You don't have to go halfway across the country to a progressive area like Los Angeles anymore to battle a drug problem. You don't have to go across the world to find babies that don't have fresh water to drink anymore. You don't have to go across the world or across the city to a major inner city metropolitan area to find homes that don't have daddies in them anymore. It's almost like the battlefield is making itself known to the church more than ever. So the question is this, will we rise up? We've heard the word, we've prayed the word, we've received the word, we've received the bones, the tendons, we've received the muscles and the skin. Maybe we're just waiting on the breath. Maybe we're just waiting on the Spirit of God to fill us up again. And to send us out. Because He never fills you up to set you down. He always fills you up to send you out. So I don't know what it is for you. I don't know where you are in the equation. But I do know this. That you are a purpose with a name. And God has a plan for your life. And you can spend the rest of your life running from it. But it does not change the fact that he's got a plan for you. Ask anybody that's ran from God. The whole time they were running, they knew exactly what they were running from. Because I've been there. I'm telling you tonight, don't run from anymore. But let's, in return, run to, starting tonight. Now, I thought it would be cool if we, if we did some worship uh, tonight to kind of just Take a second to, to be still, to come to the altar, maybe with, with your spouse or maybe by yourself or maybe, um, you know, uh, with, with, with a couple of men from your Bible study group or ladies from your small group. And maybe you just ought to come during this next couple of songs and, and just spend time with God. Praying, confessing, repenting, believing. You know, we've made this altar, which is just some, some wooden steps wrapped in, in, in carpet. We've made this a place for, for messed up people only. 
Oh, man, they went to the altar. Their, their marriage is falling apart. No, maybe it's not falling apart. Maybe they're just coming and fighting so it doesn't come apart. Oh, look at him. He, that, you know, that, that boy up there, he, he done got strung out on everything. Look at him. At the, no, maybe he's fighting for his best friend who he believes that needs to be saved by the, the Spirit of God and entering a relationship with Jesus. So the 16-year-old boy said, you know what? Instead of believing that he's going to spend the rest of his life in the valley, I'm, I'm just going to come up here and fight for him. Why? Because I'm going to preach the word and I'm going to pray the word and I'm going to let God do everything else. So this isn't a place only for messed up people. This is just a place where we can get out of the spot that we are and go somewhere different because maybe it's a change of position that will allow us to hear clearly from God. So as we worship, I want to sing two songs. Not going to be long but long enough for us to do business with God. If he's calling you to come, then in just a moment as I'm praying, you don't even have to wait till I'm finished. You can come. Maybe tonight the call for you is to quit running from the call of salvation that the Lord is calling you into. Maybe you need to come to talk to Pastor Johnny and say, look, I've been running from it for a long time, but I know. Like, I'm the guy that I don't want to be embarrassed like Pastor Eddie talked about this morning, but I need to get my life right. I need to get saved. I, I, I need to, 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 to confess and repent of my sin and, and turn and, and submit my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I need to nail that down tonight. Will you come and nail it down? Pastor Johnny will pray with you. Any of the pastors on the staff will pray with you. Only you know what you need to do with God. The Bible tells tell you this. Just like Ezekiel prophesied. Don't wait, speak. Don't wait, repent. Don't wait, come. Whatever he's calling you to do, you be obedient to do that. Let's stand. I'm going to pray.